0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. It's good to have you with us this morning. And um, the XFL season has begun. I thought maybe some of you didn't know that. Um, my name's Tim. It's good to have you all with us this morning. So we're in a series on faith. We're looking at uh, how do we look better through these spiritual eyes that God has given us. God's given us two sets of eyes: the eyes to see the physical and eyes to see the spiritual. And look what the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, we live by what we believe will happen. Would you circle believe will happen? Not by what we can see. What I think is interesting about that is, it's it's saying there that we live by what we believe will happen. In other words, it hasn't happened yet. And see, and that's one of the biggest challenges when it comes to having and living by faith, is what do I do in the gap between what God says is going to happen and when it actually does. That's that period of waiting when you feel like you're on hold. Um, and let's face it, folks, we do not like to wait for anything. We're living in a uh, such a rapid, fast-paced society culture now. Uh, everything from fast food... I mean, we want it fast. You know, Jimmy John's, we'll get it there fast. And, and uh, pizza delivery... Uh, now it 's you know all of a sudden we've got you know uh, this uh, thing called five g a hundred times faster than four g and I just got four g I feel left behind you know I look at my x s new xs iphone and it's says five g but it doesn 't take five g What a disappointment i 'm going to have to wait we don 't like waiting we don 't like waiting in line like waiting in traffic we don 't don't how many times have you Push something in the microwave and you're waiting. It seems like the timer works slower on your particular model of microwave than anybody else's. We hate waiting. And it's this resistance to waiting. This, I'll say, growing resistance to waiting that gets us in all kinds of trouble. In fact, there's a passage of Proverbs you can find. It just says when you get in a hurry, you make lots of mistakes. That's what it says. You get hasty, you miss the way. And we do. We make all these mistakes. We get into debt that we don't really want to be in because we won't wait to save. we got to jump in. We'll buy a car too soon, a house too soon. Relationships the same way. I want to get married. Why? I just want to be married. And so we get married only to go, why did I do this? I got in a hurry. I don't know how many times I've had couples say to me, we've gotten in a hurry. We've gotten in a hurry. Maybe you know somebody like that, don't look at them, but maybe you know somebody like that. Uh, I quit too soon. I'm just if I would just hang in there and persevere because I resist this weight i oh, I quit just before a major breakthrough can occur, or maybe just in a regular conversation, you're in such a hurry to say what you want to say, you're come on, hurry up and get through with your story so I can say something, and you miss what people say. Yeah, happens to me all the time. I know that one real well. Have you ever been in a hurry when God wasn't? All the time. I want it now. I want it done now. Lord, what's a, what's a hold up? What do you, what's, a, like David would say, how long, Lord, how long? And he says that more than once in the book of Psalms. He says it often. And the thing is, God is never in a hurry. You can't hurry him up. You can't, you might be able to hurry other people up. You cannot hurry. The Lord. He has His own timetable and own pace. No matter what. You look at Jesus, for example. Just the way He lived on this earth. He never seemed to be in a hurry. Have you noticed that? And yet, He's always on time. Look at what the Bible says here in Ecclesiastes 3. God does everything just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what He's doing. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I'm one of those people. I'm in a hurry. I want to get, I want it now. I don't want to wait for it. Well, you know, the Bible, you know, uh, someone said, I don't know if the Bible said the, someone said good things come to those who wait. Who was that? I don't agree with them. I already have, I've already got questions there. Some of you this morning are waiting. You're waiting for God to answer a prayer. You've been praying a long time. You've been waiting for a door to open or a job opportunity or you're waiting for someone to change or you're waiting for some healing or some clarity. Just some, I just, man, it's, I just, I'm tired of going in this confused pattern. Maybe you're waiting for God to start fulfilling this dream you've had since you were a kid. And while you're waiting, you ask, you know, why do I have to wait, Lord? Why, why is this taking so long? How long is this going to take? What's up with that? In other words, you never. it's hard to understand what God is doing. All you know is you're waiting. Now listen to me this morning. Your willingness to wait is as important in your faith as everything else you do because of your faith. That the willingness to wait on God is something you do do. It's not something you just passively sit back and wait. No, you, you, it's a, it's a practice of faith to wait on God. A lot, a lot of people are in the Bible that, that these great people of faith were people who waited on the Lord. It's the ones that didn't wait that got in trouble. So what uh, I wanted to talk about that today. I wanted to talk about waiting, the waiting game. You know, what do I do when God puts me on hold? When God is making me wait for something? Why is why is that so important? What what can I remember is what I want to start off with. What can I remember while waiting? There's some several things you can remember. First, there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. That's just the way it is. Who decided that a seed germinates 10 to 14 days? It wasn't me. I would have said, put it in next day. Whoosh, you're shucking corn already. That's why I look at it. But God said into motion, even the laws of nature, there is a delay, a natural delay between planting and harvesting. Look at what the Bible says here, again, Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, A time to plant and a time to harvest. I grew up on a farm, and I was talking to Chris Weiler. We both grew up in rural areas in southern Illinois. And we it's a fact. Farmers don't plant and harvest in the same season. You plant in the spring, harvest in the fall. So there's this long period in between. You're waiting for the plant to mature. And the thing I think is important to remember here is that that delay is not a denial. And when God puts in our lives these seasons of delay, doesn't necessarily mean it's a denial. He's not saying no. He's simply saying not yet. Not yet. So that's the first thing. There's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. And I just need to accept that. Number two, there's an unseen battle going on. You want another reason sometimes we're waiting? Because Satan is fighting. And if he can't stop it, he's going to try to slow it down. If he can't stop God from working in your life, if he can't stop God from communicating in your life, and he can't, he sure can try to slow it down some. Gum up the work, so to speak. See, there's a war between good and evil, and you and I are in the middle of it. Look what the Bible says here. Up on the screen. We're not struggling and fighting against human beings, but against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. The rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness. The Bible says we're in a spiritual war. We need to see this through these spiritual eyes of faith. It's a, it's a real war. As real as Afghanistan. As real as anywhere else. There are spiritual terrorists trying to take you down. I th- thought this was interesting. I ran across this passage. I heard a sermon and, and, uh, he used this passage. I thought, I've never thought about this that much. But in the book of Daniel, Daniel's been praying and an angel has come to give him the answer to his prayers. And here in Daniel 10, 12 through 13, look what the Bible says here. The angel says, don't be frightened, Daniel, for your request has been heard in heaven and was answered the very first day you began to fast before the Lord and pray for understanding. That very day I was sent here to meet you. But for 21 days the mighty evil spirit who overrules the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the top officials of the heavenly army, came to help me. So I was able to break through these spiritual rulers of Persia and he gives him the answer. Did you notice something there? that God had the answer to Daniel's prayer the very first day but it was delayed 21 days why? because spiritual forces are working against Daniel working against God Paul said it this way in First Thessalonians he said for we wanted to come to you certainly I Paul did again and again but Satan blocked our way what did Satan do? he slowed down Paul's progress. He tried, if he couldn't stop him, he'd at least try to block and slow him down some. See, there's sometimes there's a delay because, simply because there's this war going on. God isn't meaning for you to delay, for it to be a delay. He's not making you wait. It's your enemy. Number three. I need to remember this now. Number three. God makes me wait to get me ready. I don't know about you, but I'm glad when I eat food, it's been prepared, but I'm sad that it takes so much time. Denise and I, had, we watched uh, the movie Judy with Renee Zellweger. Uh, we got it at Redbox, and before that, we bought some sweet potatoes. Let's let's bake some sweet potatoes in the microwave. Well, how long should you do it? Six minutes. So we put it in for six minutes. Why is it when I put it in for six minutes, that six minutes seems like 15 Cause I'm ready to eat the potato. Yeah, you'll, you'll read the instruction just says cook for this many minutes on the microwave and then let simmer or let stand. Oh, I'm not letting that stand. It's going down, down my throat, right? But sometimes just letting it simmer, letting it stand, it actually cooks a little longer and a little better and it's richer. The taste is unforgettable. I can be excited about an idea. I can be excited about a job. I can get excited about, I want to date. I can't wait to date. Why are you waiting, making me wait till I'm 16? I want to date now. You're seven. Come on. You should be just interested in toys right now. I'm excited about this purchase. I want to buy this now. I'm going to click now you know, purchase it Amazon. Oh, you're destroying my life! I love that. I read on my phone. My phone tells me 32 things on Amazon you can't live without, and I think they're right. I got them. Buy, buy, buy. What is that? I don't know, but I need it. Buy. No, I we. we 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 get excited about these things. We get excited about a marriage. I just I just want to get married. I just I I, I get in a hurry. I want to do it now. And 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 maybe or I want to have kids. I want, and 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 you're and somebody looks at you like you got three heads. You want to have kids? Are you crazy? Oh, I think I can have. I think, I want to have kids. You you just got back from your honeymoon for crying out loud. Why why do they look at us like that? Why did why did Norma, why did Denise's mother look at me crazy when I said I wanted to marry her daughter and I was only twenty and she was nineteen? Why does she look at me like that? I'll tell you why she's looking at me that way. She's thinking, You're not ready. You are not. What are you doing? That's way too soon. We did get married at twenty and nineteen. I married a teenager. I robbed the cradle. And Tim, you were ready, right? No. <laughs> they were so right. I wasn't ready. wasn't ready at all. No, I needed some time. You know, sometimes they go, "I want to get in this ministry. I want to work in this ministry. I want make me a leader. Give me that job. I'll take care of it." I heard I used to say, "You know, you don't get the job. You know, we can't give it to you because you keep dropping the ball." And I realize that's really an insult to you. It's really, it's not a ball what we're giving responsibility in the kingdom. It's more like a baby, huh? It's that big a deal. And you just want to willy nilly give something to somebody unless they're prepared or they're preparing. No, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. And God, and it's almost like God saying, "We're putting that on hold, Tim. Why? Because we need to work on some things together. Let's work on this together. Let's. Let's. We, we need. You need to develop some character here before you get into that. And believe me, a lot of us here know." We've taken on responsibilities we were ready for, and boy did we pay, huh? If we'd only took the time to prepare. And see, and when you're between where you are and where God's wanting to take you, that's when your faith is tested and developed. Now Paul compares this preparation stuff, uh, this idea of getting ready for something to being pregnant. I love the message. Look at this in Romans 8. Waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant woman. We are enlarged in the waiting. I just thought that was crazy. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. I mean, does the mom see the baby? No. But knows the baby's there. Hasn't seen this child. It says here, uh, but, but the longer we wait, the larger we become... And the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right along helping us along. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of love for God is worked into something good. He's saying it's like a a woman that's pregnant. She doesn't see... It's like a farmer doesn't see a full harvested, you know, ready, mature plant. She doesn't see this baby. So what's she do as she's getting, she knows it's coming because it's getting larger and larger and larger. So what's she do? I mean, she, she gets ready. She starts eating better. She starts getting the nursery ready. I mean, does, does she buy the diapers and everything that, my, my wife one time told a story she's a respiratory therapist at the time she said they had somebody come in the ER and it was a woman that had a baby while washing the dishes she did not know she was pregnant I don't know, figure it out as she said she was washing the dishes this baby goes plop right on the floor and here's the catch the name of the child she gave was Sweet Whoops and the last name was Williams. Does that sound like a running back for the Bears or something? Sweet whoops, Williams has got the ball in the three. I wish the mom had to call me that. There's a guy walking around today named Sweet whoops, Williams. I mean, does, does, a, does a mother who's expecting wait until the child is born and then go, Oh, I need to get some diapers. Oh, I need to get a nursery ready. Maybe I should start eating better. No, she's doing that long before. Hasn't seen this child getting ready while she's waiting. She's preparing. What I'm saying to you is that God makes us wait to prepare you, to prepare, to prepare I, to me. He, he wants to prepare us. Get us ready. Because something is coming. Something is coming. And He wants us prepared. Here's the fourth thing I can remember. I'm in good company. In other words, I'm not by myself. Listen, everybody sitting around you is waiting on God for something. Just think about that for a minute. You're not the only person waiting. You're in good company. There's people in the Bible, there's names fill the Bible of people who waited for the Lord and there are people that fill this room That are waiting on the Lord. And they sit right around you to this day. People of faith. Look what it says in Hebrews 11. And this describes these people even here in this room. All these great people continued living by faith until they died. They did not get the things God promised His people. But they were happy just to see those promises coming far in the future. They accepted the fact that they were like visitors and strangers here on earth. Look what it says here. When people accept something like that. They show they are waiting for a country that will be their own. There's all kinds of people in the Bible. Hannah waited a long time for a child. Remember she prayed and prayed and prayed and finally she has a child. Joseph waited in prison, waited a long time from the time he had a dream to the time it actually was fulfilled with the presence of his brothers. He realized, oh my goodness, they're bowing to me just like that dream. Moses waited 40 years before he saw the burning, the burning bush. Wait, it was just t- all it says is he took care of of sheep, his father-in-law's sheep, for 40 years before he finally was called to do something, and Abraham he waited a long, he waited a hundred years for the birth of his son. And look what the Bible says about him. So after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. I just want you to know this morning, you're in good company. If you're waiting for something want God to do in your life, just look at the people in the Bible and look how He came through for them. He'll come through for you. You're in good company. Let that encourage you. Number five, God keeps His promises. This is what I, I need to remember while I'm waiting. God keeps His promises. You can count on God to come through. And see, when I expect God to keep His promises... I can wait. When I know He'll keep His promise, I can wait. Because see, trusting that He is going to fulfill a promise He's made to me changes this waiting from such a burden to a wonderful blessing in our life. Because what's happening is it just changes how you see things. Instead of, For me, what it does for me is instead of seeing what I don't have, I'm able to, I'm focusing on what God has and what God will do. Look what it says here in the book of Habakkuk. It's during a time, Is during a time when Israel, it, it's split in two, they've, they've had a civil war, the north and the south, Israel the north, Judah the, to the south, and Israel is, has already been taken captive by Babylon. And Habakkuk, uh, if you ever, the only thing about the Bible, uh, the, Bible Project people, just check that video out on Habakkuk. It's wonderful. Gives you kind of a summary of the book. And Judah is, is a mess morally. All kinds of bad stuff's happening and Habakkuk's complaining. Why is it such a mess? Why is this? I think it'd be a great sermon series to talk about how do you live in a cesspool of society because we are, we live in it now. You know, what the, why are you letting this happen, God? And God says to Habakkuk, "Well, I'm not going to let it happen much longer. I'm sending Babylon, and they're going to take over. They're going to to capture and and destroy, uh, and take over the land." And Habakkuk's like, "Wait a minute! They're worse than what we're doing. Maybe we... Are you sure you want to do that?" "Yeah, that's what I'm going to do." "Why would you do that?" He keeps asking. "What are you? Why are you doing that?" Because it's going to result in delivering my people. And then he says this to Habakkuk. At the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep waiting. It will happen. Remember, remember now, church. Delay is not denial. God is just saying, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. Because what I say will happen. I can remember that. Just remember that. Right now, you know, maybe you're in a waiting period, you're in a holding pattern, you're going, man, it's so hard to wait. Let these five things encourage you. It's natural. It's normal. You're not alone. God's going to fulfill His promise. You're in great company. And there's some things He's trying to prepare you for. He's trying to prepare this church for. So what do I do while I wait? Ah, finally, yeah. What do we do while we wait? Let me give you... I've taken the acronym WAIT. And each point starts with each letter uh, of these of this word. First, W. Work at learning the lessons God is teaching me now. I work at learning the lessons that God is trying to teach me now. Look at the Bible says in Deuteronomy eleven. Remember today, remember now what you have learned about the Lord through your experiences with Him. Now, what is it, what is this about? Deuteronomy is the book means to say again. It's a summary of the history of Israel. And by the time you get to Deuteronomy 11, this book is talking about the time when God's people come to the promised land a second time. Not the first time, but a second time. And He's telling the next generation, remember what you've learned, the experiences, and what was that? Where did we learn those experiences? In the wilderness. There's some amazing lessons in the desert. When you're walking around in circles and waiting. Instead of just wandering around and, and, and just waiting for something to happen. No. They learned. They learned. I had a, I had a PE teacher named Mr. Keener. My mother absolutely hated this man. Good reason. But, uh, he was the baseball coach. He, uh, one of his players pitched for the Cardinals when they won the World Series in 82. He's amazing. He's an amazing athlete as a kid in high school. I think maybe that's why my mother didn't like him. But uh, but uh, he was he was uh, the baseball coach. I went out for football my freshman year. I want to emphasize freshman year in high school. I weighed 98 pounds. The truth. 90. I remember trying to get to 100. I could never get to 100. See, like the more I ate, the, I'd lose weight. And so I went out for football because I wanted to follow in my brother's footsteps. And I went out for pr- I lasted two practices and quit. I'm not into this running all over the place. I thought football was standing around. You know that's what they do on TV. They stand around, do a little thing, they stand around some more. That's what I was expecting. And on top of that, I wanted to be a running back, 98 pound running back. The football almost weighed as much as I did. It was bad, bad. So I quit. I go to so and all the quitters go to first PE. First period P.E. You go from last period football to first period P.E. And Mr. Keener, Mr. Keener hated quitters. So here I come my first day. Got my white t-shirt, my white gym shorts, you know. And he goes, Mr. Gill, another quitter from football. And I go, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, take a lap, Mr. Gill. What? Take a lap. What did I do? Did I take, a, take two laps, Mr. Gill. What's a deal? See, I knew the roof between my mom and Mr. Keener. I'm going, his nickname was Rink. I almost said his Rink. I probably, that would have been ten laps right off the bat. I just went, well, I don't understand. Another lap, Mr. Gill. I realized if I don't start running, I'm going to be running all day. So I ran three laps. This is what's happening to Israel. They come up to the promised land. Have you learned anything? Oh, oh. See, we had ten plagues, parting of the Red Sea. Let's go in there. I don't want to go. Take a lap. Take a lap. Well, what? Why? Take a lap. We'll go in anyway. Take a lap. Another lap. you just making it worse. Another lap. And like Mister Keener, he got up to forty laps. One and around. One and around. One and around. See, there's something God wants you and I to learn before He can answer that prayer or open that door. You hear hear what I'm saying? There's some things you just gotta learn before He can bless. I mean, let me ask you, does God have to teach you over and over something? I know He does with me. I get reminded of this lesson. I've got some lessons that God is still trying to teach me after a a long, being married a long time I'm still dealing with and they come around every once in a while and God goes Tim have you got it figured out? here we go you got it? oh take a lap <laughs> flunk that one buddy Look at what the Bible says here in Hebrews six one. Let us stop going over the same old ground again and again, always teaching those first lessons about Christ. Let us go on instead to other things and become mature in our understanding, as strong Christians ought to be. See, one of the again, one of the reasons that I can't move on is I'm stuck into second grade. I'm still stuck there, and I can't learn any, I, I'm not learning, I'm not paying attention. And so God says, well Tim, until, until we can move forward to the next level, until we can move forward to, to so something else, you're gonna to have to take this over again, I'm gonna have to hold you back. I wanna ask you, church this morning, if there's a lesson you can recognize, God's trying to, th- I hope you can talk about this your small group, what's the lesson God's gonna have to teach me over and over and over again? Can I ask you to do something? Can I ask you to really look at that and learn that lesson so we can, so we all can take a step forward as a church? Cause see, if I don't learn the lesson, God's gonna be forced to repeat it again. I love David here. He says, God teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. He's saying, I don't want to run around in circles. I don't want to wander around and be in, in, in this waiting, holding pattern. I want to go forward. I want to stay on the course. I want this, this path to maturity. Oh God, please let me learn the lessons. Let me learn them now. I love this Lamentations. this promise. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. He is good to those who look for Him. I look, for, I look to You, Lord. I look for You. I look for a lesson while I'm waiting. That's the first thing I can do while I'm waiting. What's the lesson that God wants you to learn before you have children, before you get married, before you purchase that item, before you take that responsibility? I'll do it. What's He want you to learn? Number two, A, act as though I already have it. I can do this. I need to act as if I already have it. Look at the, look at this marvelous promise here. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Ooh, this verse just drives me nuts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That sounds like Joel Holstein. Joel Holstein didn't say that. Jesus Christ said that. He's saying, look at that. Look at these two words. Circle them. Believe that you have, circle have, have received it, and it will be yours. You know, a lot of Christians have a difficult time with this passage. Some of us older generation people, it sounds like old Roberts. You know who I'm talking about? He just... Joel Osteen is old Roberts. Just a younger old old Roberts. We say, oh, I, can't, I just don't believe. Oh, I don't believe like it's already happened. That just sounds so so odd. So Jesus said it. Jesus said this. And farmers do this all the time. What are you talking about, Tim? We, we would plant a, we would plant seed in, in March or April, depending on how much it rained, and we get the soil and, and dad would say, okay, what are we going to do now, dad? Let's go back to the farm. Okay, we need to start getting ready for what? Well, we're going to have a lot of corn, a lot of beans, so we need to get the storage bins ready so and we'd find holes go, I want you to repair all the holes where the rats have chewed a hole in the floor or chewed a hole in the wall and we'd take an old license plate and bend it and nail it in place and cover the hole He goes, we got to we got to get the combine ready the combine ready yeah we got to make sure it works we got to grease all the gearing and stuff and we do that then the corn would get about this tall or the beans would get this tall and we would go out. One of the best memories I have of my brother is going out in the bean field and taking out the volunteer corn in July or 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 June. And you're just walking along the rows and taking all the volunteer corn out. This is before we had good pesticides, I guess. And we're just cutting the cutting the corn out, and it'd be a beautiful bean field. You could see, and we'd be talking and we'd be joking around and sipping on lemonade and eating sloppy joes. It was just, I loved that. That was fun. And then we come back to the place and Dad goes, you get it done? Well, look at that field. looks beautiful. Hey, okay, now we got to work on the two-ton truck. The two-ton truck? Yeah, we know what the two-ton truck is. It's the big truck. You put the grain in and take it to the grain elevator. we got to get it ready. The two-ton truck? Why do we need to get it ready? It's been sitting all winter and all spring. We haven't even started it yet. we got to charge the battery. we got to change the plugs. It's got this much dust on it. So we're cleaning the two-ton truck. I remember one time, Dad opened up the door in the two-ton truck, and a goose egg or a chicken egg—some hen. And the door had been left open all winter, had laid some eggs, and this one didn't hatch, and it was rotten. And it rolls. I'll never forget. Rolls out the the, the, the seat and goes pop. And Dad sees it and goes, "Hee He's pointing, heaving. And Danny, who loves to. What is it dad? Come on dad, tell us. What's that mean dad? What are you saying? We all knew what it was. My dad had the weakest stomach in the world, okay? Is it the egg dad? The two ton truck. Getting it ready. Gotta clean it out. Rotten eggs. Flat tires. Then we'd go back out in the field. Corn would be this tall. Beans would be this tall. And we'd do something in the field. And come back, get something else ready. Why? Because we saw, it was coming. We could see it, man. It was coming. And, and it's like, Dad, why don't we wait until harvest time? Because we won't be ready. That's why. We acted as if it was going to happen. You follow me now? That's what Jesus is saying here. That's His promise here. That's what He's trying to say. If you ask for this in prayer, believe that you already received it because it will be yours. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready for God's blessing? Are you getting ready for God's blessing? Listen to me close. If there's anything, this is the thing you need to remember. You are presently receiving what you were believing. Did you hear me? You are presently receiving what you were believing. And if you want, if you're not receiving much, guess what? You ain't been planning much. So why would God want to bless it? You don't. You're not acting like it's it's coming. But if you'll believe now, you'll be ready when it comes. You can't say one of these days when I do this, then I'll do this. One of these days when I this happens, then then I can do this. No, you don't. No, you say no. I'm starting now. Because one of these days, it's coming. Look at it says in Psalms 126 here. Those who cry as they plant crops will sing at harvest time. What you believe now, you will receive. Like Jesus said, according to your faith it will be done. And I I just want to say it again, guys. If 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 you're not if you're going to live like it's not coming, guess what? It won't. It won't. And see, I'm convinced here now. God blesses me with what I'm preparing to handle. Whatever I'm preparing to handle, that's what God's going to bless me with. We sit around talking about the Hot Wheels rally. What are we planning for? We said, well, we're going to plan for 50 this year. Hot Wheels really grows in slow increments. We had 20 some last year. So, well, I think we ought to plan for 50. At least 50. I think we're going to have more than 50 kids here. There's going to be a lot of people coming to this thing. And we're going to have to prepare and be ready for it. Right, Hot Wheel people? We're going to have to be ready for this. It's going to get crazy. Why 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 should we believe this? Why should I act as though I've already received it? Cuz the Bible says in Isaiah 64 these words, "No I has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him." While I'm waiting, God is working, see? And when God works, he's doing something a, little, a lot larger than what I'm thinking of doing. So while you wait, it can't be passive. God isn't. He's active while you wait. Be active. Be active. Because it's coming. Live like it's coming, church. What's I? What's I stand for? Implement the habits that strengthen my faith. I implement the habits that strengthen my faith. What are you talking about? I'm, I keep doing what I was doing before I was waiting. Look at the Bible says here, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience, notice faith and waiting, faith and waiting are a part of inheriting what's been promised. He says, don't become lazy, but imitate those people. You see, when it comes to, listen, when it comes to uh, times when prayer is unanswered, when I feel, I've, you felt like this, where you, I feel like my prayers aren't getting answered. I feel like there's just nothing, nothing much is happening. There's this gap. You know what happens, don't you? We get discouraged and we want to quit. Well, it doesn't seem to be working. The thing is, God is working. What appears to be idle is not. And he's saying, don't be, don't let that appearance fool you. Don't fall into that. Don't put your life on hold. But do something while you're waiting. Don't be lazy. See, waiting is not an excuse to be idle. Well, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Don't use, don't use your waiting. Don't waste the waiting with some excuse like, well, you know, I'll just don't sit back. That the Bible says that's lazy. No, you get active. Like a mother who's getting ready for a child. She doesn't sit around eating bonbons and going, oh, what's this? I must be eating too many bonbons. She'll name that kid Sweet Whoops if she doesn't wake up. Or like the farmer. The farmer doesn't sit around and go, well, you know, I just, uh, uh, somehow that seed's gonna make its way into that ground and somehow it's gonna be cultivated and some, oh, let's, or vac- we got, we got it in the ground. Let's go, let's go to Disney World. No. No, that's, that's lazy. No, you keep exercising and developing the spiritual habits and skills that you will use when it comes. Because if you don't, you won't be ready. And I think sometimes God is... If you're not going to get ready, I'm not going to get ready either. It's almost like while I'm waiting on God, maybe God's waiting on me. Oops. And if, and if I'm having trouble figuring out what to do, I start looking for people in my church, in the Bible, that are, that have these habits, these habits just they just keep persevering with. Look at what it says in Philippians 4, keep on doing all the things you learned and received and heard from me. Then the God who gives peace will be with you. Paul is writing in a prison cell. He can't go anywhere. He's waiting. He says, you need to imitate me. Well, you mean you want us to come to prison? No, I want you to do what I'm doing in prison. The same habits. The same disciplines. Look, church, listen. If you're going through a dry spell, you're going through... And some of us are going... Listen, the church, we are going through a dry spell. So what do we do? we got to keep doing the things that get us ready when it begins to rain. Like what, Tim? What are you talking about? Well, let me give you some. Let me give you a few. You go, oh, those. I'll tell you what, the things I want to show you are the things I want to quit doing when it's dry. Roll the tape. Here we go. Let's look at the first one. I keep on praying. I keep praying when I'm waiting. Look what Jesus promises. Keep on praying, and you will be given what you ask for if you keep on praying. But if I quit praying, it ain't going to happen. Another one, I keep on serving. I don't know about you, but when I'm dry, when it's rough, I want to quit. I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to preach and talk. I tell you, every Monday morning, I'm like, get somebody else, Lord. Get somebody else. This is getting old. I'm just a talking head around here. I, I've been serving in this ministry. I've been serving in this kids ministry, and if, if nothing's happening, I'm serving in this. Uh, I'm doing either grief share, or divorce, or whatever. Well, divorce care. Oh, there's a stack of dust on it that far because we don't do that anymore. We quit serving. Why? We get discouraged. So look what the Bible says: Stay excited about your faith as you serve the Lord. By the way, the word "wait" just doesn't mean expect. But we get the word serve. Next time you're at Applebee's and they walk up to you and they're pouring you coffee, well what are you doing? Well this is new and novel idea. No you, you, that's the waiter or the waitress. That's what it means. Waiting also means to serve. So you keep serving. You keep making that coffee. You keep cleaning up this, almost said pig pen. You keep cleaning up this building. You you keep on keeping on. I'm getting with that small group one more time. Just tell yourself one more time, Lord, one more time. Just give me enough to get through that group one more time. No, I keep serving. Why? Because it's what you do while you wait. God God blesses servants. I keep there's no one. I keep on connecting. I don't know how, how you are, but I withdraw when things go bad. I want to go to my little easy chair, my little lazy boy, and watch black and white movies back in the forties when everything seemed to be a little a little nicer. They were fighting; there was a war going on then. But you know, I don't matter. I just get lost in the in those movies. I quit going to small group. I quit coming to church. I, I I'm at church. Sometimes, when it's convenient. I, I connect occasionally, I'll return a text. That's what, that's what you do when it's dry, when you, that's what you want to do. And the Bible says, oh, don't you dare do that. You stay connected. Look what it says here. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten in the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other. Well, I don't get anything out of my small group. It's not about getting anything out of it, is it? Is that what it's going to be? It says encourage each other. I found when I believe this over what I when I over what I feel this. That's what I, I believe this over what I feel this. You know what I mean? God blesses it when I believe this over what I feel, man. And I say, I'm going to still connect. I'm still going to make that phone call. I'm still going to connect. I'm still going to be available. I'm still going to go. I'm still going to share. I'm still going to listen. I'm still going to care. God blesses it. Another thing I keep on doing is I keep on sharing my faith. And this, I know this verse is a, is a principle. It's only a principle verse. I know that. It's not actually talking about sharing your faith. But when we are sowing the seeds of the gospel like the, Jesus talked about, this verse is a very interesting verse. Keep on sowing your seed, for you never know which will grow. Perhaps it all will. You keep on sharing your faith. Yesterday I got with my nephew and fiance. Reese Medcalf has been star quarterback at high school. Set all kinds of records at McKendree College. He meets Emily Emmons. Actually, his sister's best friend. And when Emily said, I want to date your brother, Reese's sister said, are you crazy? And they dated eight years and they're getting married in April. He's got his fixture on a big billboard in Mount Carmel because he works at the bank. I mean, they're milking this guy. They're going to use him, okay? He set all kinds of records in that high school. I get it. And Emily is so sweet. Her family is just a nice, sweet family and such a sweet person. And, you know, their family knows some of the cast on Modern Family. I just think that's amazing. I think they're related. Aren't they related? Is that right? Yeah, they're related. Uh, What's her name? I can't remember. They come from Hollywood to vacation in southern Illinois to get away from people. And I I remember meeting her for the first time, walking up and all starstruck. Hi. I didn't know what to say. And she's like, Hi, where's Reese? And she calls him Reese's pieces. I gotta have some pieces of Reese, man. Where's pieces of Reese? And gets and she's a little bitty, and getting all them hugs and stuff, you know. And here's Emily and she's like like I don't know what the big deal is about her, so watch she's on T V, you know. And so we're talking about their wedding, what they're planning to do, the songs and who's walking in. And I know and, and uh she's Catholic. And I said, I don't understand something, Emily. What? Well, your family's strong Catholics, right? Yeah. You go to St. Mary's there in Mount Carmel? Yeah. Why aren't you having that wedding there? Have you ever done a wedding at St. Mary's? And I said, uh, as a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> she goes, it's impersonal. I don't want to have anything like that. I want to have the kind of wedding you did. And she names, you know... uh, Reese's sister, and then, and I want it like that, Tim. And I'm going, Emily went to SAUE for how many years? Four? I said, Emily, I'm sitting there going, we've go to vacation together, we've played cards together, and I'm going, you know, uh, she goes, when I go to Reese's church, it's more personal. I like that. That's what she said about, about the Carnival Church. I loved it! I loved it! I'm going, really? And I went, you know, I've, I always wanted to open up the Bible with you. She goes, I would love that. <laughs> How long have you felt that way? Could I have asked that sooner? You know, when you get discouraged and it's dry, you don't want to share your faith with anybody. Hello. You don't want to invite anybody to church. Hot Wheels rally? No. I don't want, I don't want to get caught up in that again. Get all my hopes dashed. Get this person, you know, and they come to church and they get to know Jesus. Oh, that's too hard. <laughs> yeah. I know some of you have been hurt. There's some pain when it comes to working on God's farm, the kingdom. You've been disappointed before. I'm going to tell you, you got to keep sowing. You just never know what's going to pop up, and here I am sitting there going. I get in a car and Denise, I go, Denise, you're not going to believe this, and I'm getting emotional. I'm going. I don't. Emily said she, she's interested in studying the Bible. What? Yeah. I, who'd have thought? God. And it should have been me too. I'm waiting around. God's waiting on me, and while God is waiting around, He's waiting on you. You keep sowing the seed. Who knows? It might just pop up. And I keep on believing. I keep on believing. This passage I I select because he's talking to a guy named Tim and I boy, I could hear the Lord speaking to me here. He said, you must keep on believing the things that you've been taught. You know they're true. Because when I feel like things aren't Happening, and I'll tell you, church. There's times, and some of you here know what I'm talking about. You're frustrated. You look. You're going, man. What's holding back greater Alton? What's holding me back? And we get, we see the dryness. We see. Well, we're we're laying people off. We're 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 dialing back. We took out a row of chairs just last week. It's hard to keep believing when that kind of stuff's going on. Am I right? But it's true. It's right. You've got to keep believing this. You see, Mary and Martha, they got really bothered with Jesus because He showed up late. They thought he, they waited too long. Their brother had died. And so here he comes with a big grin on his face. He could have been there in a matter of hours. But no, he waits three days. He shows up. Lazarus is dead. And they start giving it to him. You know, if he'd have been here sooner, he'd be alive by now. But look at you, late for everything. Typical preacher. And he goes, Jesus doesn't even act like I faced face him. Where's the tomb? He weeps. He weeps, oh they, he loved him. No, he weeps because these people aren't getting it. You wanna, you know what grieves God? When we doubt him. He rolled a stone. Bo, no, you don't wanna do that man. It's rank in there. Roll the stone. And out, the stone's rolled away. And the rankness and the pungent smell of a dead body, it's off like a, we got a dead mouse right now in our shop. And it's just a little bitty thing. Can you imagine human body what it smells like? You're late, Jesus! Not really. Is it possible that sometimes God lets things get really stinky and bad so He can really do something amazing? Is it possible that waiting has to get rank and stink enough before... And He goes, now's the right time to do something. You see, I think God's... He's set me up. He has set you up. While you're waiting. What are you doing, Lord? I'm your pawn. You just, you're up there playing the game. He's not playing the game. He knows the right time to do everything. And He has set this church up, too. And instead of looking at what's going bad and what's going wrong, get your head off the floor and start looking. God is doing, getting ready to do something. You have to believe that. You have to believe that while you're waiting. Look at what the Bible says here. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. So now He says it's right and it's good. Don't stop doing these things because they're right and they're good. At just the right time, we will, it says, not might, we will reap a harvest of blessing. And here's your premise to this promise. If we don't give up. Telling you let me tell you something, church, our critics think we're done. They're saying stick a fork in that church. They're done. We've got to start believing. We've just begun. Something's about to happen. The will of God is going to be done. I'm talking to Elena back in the back. She's tell, back in the kids ministry. She's telling me some things, some people that, that she's getting to talk to and share faith. He goes, Tim, I don't know what's going on. It's almost like God's starting to do some things, starting to move in some places. And let me tell you something, church. I said to her, I asked her, I said, are you getting ready? Are you ready for it? Because we got to get ready for this. We got to get ready for this. There are people going to be coming back, more people coming back to Greater Alton and new people coming to this church and we better have our game ready. We're going to blow it again. (laughs) I don't want to do that. I want to say something to you here and then we're going to close this lesson up. You may be feeling like you've been waiting on God for a while. I have, but the truth is, God has been waiting on you too. He's waiting for you. You say, "Oh Lord, you know, as soon as, as soon as you know, I get over, I get, as soon as I get over the fear, the fear and the doubts, then I will do that." Listen, that is not going to happen. Just write that off. Just, just quit trying to think. One day you're not going to have doubts. You're not going to have fear. You're going to. Now God is waiting for you and I. And He's waiting. There's somebody here that needs to hear this. He's waiting for you to trust Him again. You hear me? He's waiting for you to trust, to trust Him again. He's saying, will you just trust me again? I know it's been a long wait. I know it's been hard. It's hard. You're waiting for that door to open. You're waiting for this thing to change. Will you just hang in there and keep on doing the things you know are right and keep on doing the good things because I'm about to make it happen. You're going to reap a harvest of blessing, but you can't give up. You can't quit. Have you quit? It's time to bag that. It's time to trust the Lord again. Look what David says here. When I am afraid, I keep on trusting You. I think when I'm discouraged, Lord, I'm going to keep on trusting You. When I'm perplexed, I'm going to keep on trusting You. When I'm confused, I'm going to keep on trusting You. When I'm tired, I'm going to keep on trusting You. And when I have some doubts, I'm going to keep on trusting You because it's right and it's good. I'm not going to do it for results. I'm going to do it because it's right and it's good. And the results will take care of themselves. Can we do that? I think I can do this. The question is, will I do it? You can do this. The question is, will you do it? You have a card in your bulletin and, you know, it's a time to respond. I want to ask our fellows, our guys, to reconsider before you've already set that card aside to pick up that card. I look at the prayer requests and I'm amazed at how many women respond to this lesson and how many fellas don't. I'm just going to let that lay there a minute. Fellas, week after week after week, there's a few of you that that write something down and I I want you to know God blesses that. But I just know there's some men here who need to trust the Lord again, need to believe again. Quit being the negative nilly of the group and start being... The faithful guy. We're needing you to be faithful. I want to ask you, to take some time. To really think about this. Ask God. Maybe write a prayer out on that card. Or ask from people to say, "Just." it don't have to be long. God, give me more faith. Help me see through these eyes of faith. We're going to give you a chance to fill those cards out and we're going to sing a song while you do that. And then we'll sing another song and take up those cards along with our regular contribution. God bless you, God bless this church as God opens our eyes. let's pray, Father, thank you for uh, the passages in this lesson today. Father, Father, I hate to wait i don't like waiting, and a lot of times when i 'm waiting i'm not doing anything about it father, I know i'm sure many of us here can say that. Would you, Father, help us uh Help us not be idle. Father, we will not put our lives on hold, but we will begin to do again and again and again the things needed to be ready when You bless. Father, some of us here, we need to step up. We just need to step up and serve. We've quit serving. Some of us here, Father, we've quit praying altogether. And Father, you know, this church, whenever it prays, big things always have happened. Father, pray that You'll... Help us learn the lesson You're trying to teach us right now. Prepare us, Father. We pray, Father, that You will battle hard against the forces of evil that, that cause so much trouble in this process and what You're trying to get done. We pray, Father, You bless the rest of this series. Help us as a church to open our eyes, open our spiritual eyes. Help us to understand that seeing is believing and trusting You, trusting Your promises. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.